The Productive Woman, Episode 190. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, I'll share with you my conversation with engineer, leadership consultant, and founder of the Steminista Revolution, Corrine Forrest. You'll find more information about Corrine, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 190. I want to remind you real quickly, I mentioned in the last episode that in preparation for the upcoming milestones for The Productive Woman, reaching the four-year anniversary, publishing episode 200, some other things that are going on, we're going to be doing some special things, including a giveaway, so be listening for the information about that. But also we're going to be doing those special episodes, one of which will be an Ask Me Anything episode. As I mentioned before, this is your chance to ask me any questions you might have for me, whether about productivity, about the podcast, about me personally, about, you know, just anything. Email your questions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or click on the voice message button on the website to ask my questions. And remember, if you do a voicemail which or a voice message, which you can also do just by recording it on in the voice memo app on your phone and then email it to me. I might actually want to play that on the episode that I, when I record it, so keep it short, you know, something like, hi, this is Pauline from Paris. My question is whatever. As I said, I'll answer as many of those questions as I can in the episode and, uh, I need them ahead of time though. It'll take a little time to assemble the questions, think about the answers, prepare the episode. So be sure to get your questions to me by June 10th of 2018 so that I can include your questions in the episode, the ask me anything episode. All right. And now let's get right into my conversation with Corrine. I am really delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Corrine Forrest. Corrine's an engineer by training. She's currently an internal leadership consultant for the United States Army. She's also a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur. And I have been looking forward to talking with her about how she manages her busy life. So welcome, Corrine. Thank you, Laura. Um, It's a pleasure to be here today. Well, I'm I'm so glad that uh, you agreed to do this, and I think we should start by, you know, for f- full disclosure, we met a couple years ago when you joined one of the Productive Woman Mastermind groups. Yes, I certainly did. I think I did uh, two of them back to back. I found them incredibly valuable. <laughs> and so it's been... Uh, 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 it's a great experience getting to know you and learning about the various things that you've got going on in your life. And I just thought it would be really interesting and helpful for the community to hear a little bit about 
all the things you're doing and how you manage to do it all. So maybe let's start by, um, I, you know, I gave a very brief introduction to, to some of the things you do, but maybe you could add a little color to that. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you are, whatever, whatever you think we ought to know about you as we discuss productivity together. All right. Well, um, you know, I think like most people, I think my life is pretty ordinary. I live in uh, southeast Michigan in a farming community named Romeo, made famous by our peach festival every year. Um, And I work down pretty close to Detroit, uh, just the next city north of Detroit and Warren, Michigan. And I have been at my uh, employer now for, it was 30 years this past October, which I find. Wow. Wow just amazing. I can't believe 30 years have gone by and I'm still there. Uh, But as you said in your intro, um, my career has kind of meandered a bit and I've been able to stay with the same company. I was a practicing engineer for 18 years. Then uh, I moved into leadership positions in the tech realm. And then because I thought a bit differently, I think, I got singled out to um, go into leadership development. And that's how I became an internal consultant for the Army in leadership development. Um, I'm a wife, like you said. We've been married 25 years this year. Um, I have two children. I love them dearly. (laughs) (laughs) They're 23 and 20 years old. And... uh, um, as we we were talking a little bit before we actually started recording, I'm at that that point in my life where my children are young adults and don't need quite as much mothering. And as a matter of fact, my daughter lives in England, uh, mm. getting her master's degree. Um, and I find I have more time on my hands than I've had like in two decades. So that's kind of a weird adjustment for me. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of the things you've done to fill that time now that your your kids are kind of doing their own things. Uh, and we, we were talking about what an interesting phase of life that is after you've been raising kids and had that taking up so much of your time and your energy and your attention. And then they, then they grow up and don't, they still need their mom, but maybe not every, not, not as much every day. Yeah, I like to say their their problems are far fewer, but substantially bigger. Mm, yeah, <laughs> at this age. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So uh, we're going to talk about um, some of the things that you do to stay productive and and make a life that matters as you define it. Uh, it but in talking about that, I think it's always helpful to have a little bit of context for that, about the kinds of things you are doing uh, and why they work for you. So if there is such a thing as a typical day for you, what would that look like? Well, for a a typical weekday, um, I'm up early, generally about 5, 5 5.15 in the morning. And before I get out of bed, I read one article. I subscribe to several newsletters and I'll read one of them in the morning. Uh, then I, you know, shower, make my lunch, and and generally because I live fair, fair, a fair distance from work, I have a lengthy commute. So um, I generally get to work about seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and um, I have two vastly different kind of work days. I facilitate a lot of leadership workshops, so if it's a teaching day for me, that's all I do. 
You know, I go straight to the classroom, set everything up, greet the people as they come in, teach all day, all that kind of stuff. If I'm not teaching, then I have very much an office job where I'm, I'm, you know, coaching clients, setting up meetings, um, doing, uh, I work for the government, doing all that administrative bureaucratic (laughs) stuff that the government seems to require. Uh, and then I generally head out about four thirty, five o'clock, get home by 6. Um, it's dinner time. And I have to say, now that we're not eating around the family table because my kids are kind of gone, um, I have my husband and I take to eating dinner in front of the TV, watching one of our shows from the, that we recorded the night before. <laughs> <laughs> I try to read a little bit. At, well, okay, so let's say it's about 7 o'clock after dinner and clean up and watching TV. And that gives me about two hours to do stuff. And, and that stuff can be anything from, you know, taking care of things in the house and laundry to uh, working on my side business Um, or exercising that has to happen in that two hours. Cause I generally try to go to bed at nine o'clock, read a little bit before bed lights out 10 o'clock latest. Mm. Otherwise I can't make it up at five o'clock in the morning. So that's a pretty typical work day for me. Okay. And so for, I, I want to get into some of the things that you do to, uh, to manage your schedule and the commitments that you've made. But I think maybe now is a good time to talk about the, the side business that you've mentioned, because you're, you're not only balancing family commitments, uh, because even though your kids are grown, still there are commitments to family and to your husband uh, and a full-time job, but you, you decided to launch a business a couple years ago. Tell me about that. Well, um, the I started my business after I got my coaching certification. I was just... I just loved coaching and um, I wasn't sure how much of that I was going to be doing in my army job because the job really didn't involve much of that at that time and I knew I wanted to do that. So I hear I'd been training in leadership for about four or five years at that time and so I started my business so I could do what I do for the army, I could do for commercial uh, customers as well. So that's what led me to start that business. I just loved coaching, wanted to do more of it. And, and you do a, a very particular kind of coaching, or you're you're working with a particular kind of, of client, so to speak. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, for a project I was actually doing at work, I was doing some research, and I ran across this Harvard Business Review study about STEM women, women who have a science, technical, engineering, or mathematics degree. Those are the STEM professions. And this article said that uh, by mid-career, 50% of women in their STEM career will leave it. Mm. And I found that statistic just incredible. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, why? You know, if you make it through school and you make it through the first 10 or 15 years of your career, why in your late 30s and early 40s are women leaving their STEM careers? So I, I really started digging into that. And that's what, that's what became kind of my, my niche is that um, my vision for my company is a, a 
changed landscape in the technical professions where women are in leadership roles and rocking it in all aspects of their life. Um, the, the, there aren't that many women in leadership roles in STEM careers, and you tend to find they're the ones who didn't have children or they had a stay-at-home husband. Not that those aren't perfectly viable decisions to make, but I want to help the women who, who have, want their career. They want a good relationship with their partner. They want to be a good mom, and they still find time to take care of themselves. So that's a pretty specific niche that I'm, I'm working with and coaching nowadays. Well, and it makes a lot of sense given that your background is, you know, as an engineer yourself. So it, it would seem to me that you can, um, you can relate pretty well to women in those kinds of careers and the challenges they're facing. How, how I mean, what do you think, and I'm putting you on the spot here because we didn't really talk about this, but if 50% of women in those STEM careers are leaving at, at that mid-career point, why is that? The the Harvard Business Review article um, called it a hostile working environment, mm. and I was I was kind of floored by that um, that word. I mean, hostile sounds really bad, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, if women are leaving their their careers, it must be bad. So I, I dove into what they meant by that, and it turns out that there's a, a few things. One is that um, women, and and this is probably true in any woman in a male-dominated profession, um, they tend to get assigned office housekeeping, as I've come to call it. Mm. The things like, can you make sure that conference room is ready? Um, can you, you know, in the middle of the meeting, can you take the notes for this? Um, things like that. So I call that office. It's, it's, hey, can you go out and buy the admin gift for ad, admin professional day? Um, things like that. Okay. Can you make a cake for somebody's <laughs> birthday? Just, I call it office housekeeping kind of stuff. The women tend to get asked to do those things more. So that's one piece. A second piece has to do with social strain. Um, that women are uncomfortable breaking into cliques that men form, even if they have a legitimate reason to be in that clique. Like, let's say that all the guys on Monday morning are talking about football. And even if she likes football, she doesn't feel welcomed to go and, and stand with the guys and talk about football. Mm. So there's a social strain uh, there as well. Not to mention, I'll, I'm, I'm going to add this one, that women tend to put social strain on, on each other as well. <laughs> um, I think, you know, all humans are judgy. I think women can take that if they're not careful, they can take that to a whole new level. Yeah. And I used the example that, you know, when was the last time you looked at a guy who who looked a little rough and said, gee, he could use a little under eye concealer today. <laughs> you know, we just don't do it to guys and, right. and we'll do it to ourselves. And then the third piece of the uh, reason this hostile work environment um, came down to overlooked contributions. Hmm. And uh, I did a study at work of the women in leadership there, and I found 100% of the women that I work with agreed with this. Hmm. It's things like you're sitting in a meeting, discussing ideas, you throw something out there, it gets glossed over. Five minutes later, a guy brings up the same point, and it's like gold. Hmm. It's um, just things like that that I think through – throughout a career that 10 or 15 years, eventually women like 
look around and say, you know what, this this isn't this isn't awesome anymore. Mm. And women tend to feel stress more than men. Um, and there was a scientific study done testing the the stress hormone in, in women's blood. And uh, they did side-by-side comparisons of men versus women in the, you know, working for the same company, for the same boss, with the same peer group. And consistently, women showed higher levels of the stress hormone in, their, in her blood. So I think all that combined is what's, what's driving, driving women out of their STEM careers before they get to those leadership roles. I, and I find that so interesting. I, I'm, I'm listening as, you, as you're describing all this, and I think it's so, um, so telling that you have gone to pretty great lengths, it sounds like, to really research this and look at the science behind it, the, the studies that have been done and the, the data, and not just, not just the sort of emotional side of it, but very, you've come at this from kind of, kind of a scientific perspective. Yeah. And, and frankly, you know, it's, it is my engineering training. You know, <laughs> I was an engineer for 18 years, but on top of that, to reach the niche I want to, I have to hit them with data. You know, that it, it's just part of the language we speak you know, we'll deal with that data first before we get to the point where the, the the women are like, I don't know what's wrong, but but something's wrong. And then we start talking about those things and they're like, yeah, hmm. yeah, oh my gosh, you're right. So um, that data approach just generally works with, with my particular audience. So you're you're trying to build or you are building a business to serve those women to help um if and I don't want to put words in your mouth but it sounds like to help those women and stay in those STEM careers and and not just survive it but thrive in those careers and move into leadership positions um and you're doing that on top of a full-time job How, you know the obvious question how do you manage to do that what what's what systems do you have in place? What tools do you use to manage your energy, your time, all those things, so that you can move forward in a business while uh, continuing to do good work in your day job? Yeah, um, probably my number one uh, system has to be good planning. Fortunately, as an engineer, I like to plan, <laughs> and and really, as a as an army engineer for so many years, it was really project management. Um, you know that it, it was technical projects, but it, primarily I had a project management role. So I really have to do some um, good planning, and uh, this requires a lot of self awareness in order to do good planning, um, and then following through. And sometimes, sometimes the discipline part of it is the hardest part of it. You know, it's like I lay out this beautiful plan, and then I have to follow it. Yeah, I, I would. But, but really, I would imagine that can be challenging. I, I've I've kind of been there with you know managing a full time law practice and doing the podcast and the things associated with that on the side and. And, you know, at least in my experience, the, the planning is almost the easy part because it's the, the when, you, when you're at the end of a long work day, finding the motivation and the energy 
and you know the the brain power to um, do whatever actions are necessary to move the business forward. Yeah, and it, it's uh, you mentioned how do you manage your energy, and and that's part of it too. Is it's not just time management; it's energy management, yeah. and I even add a third piece of decision mm-hmm. management to the mix. And I, I guard those times. I follow lots of tips that I've learned on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, plan well, guard those times, decision management, energy management, all of it. Well, and you were on, on the issue of planning. I mean, we can, we'll we'll get down into the weeds a little bit here in a minute about maybe some of the tools that you use, the specifics of how you plan, and uh, you know how you make sure you're in the places you need to be at the times you're supposed to be there. But on this issue of planning, you were telling me a little bit about uh, a tool that you've put together to to help your clients that maybe would be useful to women who aren't in STEM? Yeah, I think the, the, the basic idea is that I think, to, and I created it for myself, you know, it evolved over years, right? Um, as I had young children and, and the, the <laughs> traveling that was required of my job, um, is that I realize that when you sit down and you make a, a list of goals, whether you do it at the beginning of the year or any time during the year, is is I could have too many too many goals because there were so many different areas. I played so many roles in my life, wore so many hats. Mm-hmm. So I'd have these goals as a mother. I'd have these goals as a wife. I'd have these career goals. And and even now my career has two pieces to it, you know, as a workshop leadership workshop facilitator and as a coach to my clients. Um, uh, I used to coach robotics, so I have robotics type goals. Now I have business goals. Well, if I went set goals in all those areas, my life looked very fractured mm-hmm. because, you know, all the productivity tips say you need to focus, just focus on one thing. And I'm like, well, how can I focus on one thing when I wear all these hats? So what I came up with over time is I now create an annual goal strategy. And it's it's looking at all those aspects of your life as one whole life, not separate pieces of your life. And by doing that, um, I'm able to keep keep my eye on a bigger picture. Sometimes um, I'm able to look for, and this is probably my favorite part. I'm able to look for overlap or uh, to use the buzzword synergies between you know different goals. Um, so that I can accomplish actually, it's not multitasking, it's doing one thing, but maybe getting a couple things accomplished with doing that one thing, because you're looking at everything holistically instead of as separate pieces. And so how do you, how do you do that? I mean, what's the mechanism you use to do that kind of holistic planning? Well, I I take my... um, process from uh, different strategic planning uh, systems used by business and the military, and I even threw in a dash of sports because I like some of what they do. (laughs) Uh, And it basically broke down into four areas. You assess, you design, you build, and you manage. Hmm. So for the assess piece, 
um, I look at the four major areas of my life. So that's my career, my relationship with my spouse, um, my relationship with my children, you know, as a mother, and then uh, self-care. And I really put self-care in there because if I don't do well on that, I can't do well on the other things. Right. So those are the four major areas where I set goals in, uh, in my life now. Um, so in that assess area, I look at each of those four areas, two things I want, two goals that I want to accomplish in each of those. And then I pick one to work on first of those two. And then for the other one, I do something I call a plus one. And basically that calms my brain down by saying, well, these are two really important things I want to do. How can I just focus on one? It lets me look at the other one that I didn't pick and say, okay, what's one tiny step I can take in that direction? I'm not Mm -hmm. focusing on it, but what's a tiny step? For example, um, for health, my goal might be to eat healthier and to exercise more. And I pick exercise more. Well, on the eat healthier one, my plus one thing might be to uh, have a salad for lunch at work three times a week. It's just a little thing to push me in that direction, but I'm not really focusing on it. Okay. So all that happens in the assess phase. You kind of assess what you want to do in there and then pick the major one in each area. For the design part of the process, um, you flesh out those goals that you did select and um, you pick two of them to work on for 90 days, just two for 90 days. And for the two you didn't pick, you add that plus one thing again. Okay, so in design, there's a lot more fidelity. You actually start putting some meat on the bones. Okay, um, let's say to continue with my example of um, I want to exercise more. Okay, what's it going to take to get that done? Who do I need on my team, so to speak? Does that mean I need to maybe get a personal trainer to get me started? Or do I just need to get a girlfriend to meet me at the gym? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of support do I need for that? What do I want to do? Do I want to lose weight? Do I want to, and then I'll set like, you know, do I want to lose five pounds, 10 pounds? You know, what's the specific? And and it's really drilling down into what that looks like for me. Maybe it's, I want to be able to do 50 push-ups is my exercise goal. Um, but the design phase, you really start looking and diving into that, that Uh, the goals that you have picked. So that brings us to the build where you actually plan that and that's where you're saying, okay, if I need to have a girlfriend meet me at the gym twice a week, I start identifying who's that going to be. And I make, you know, it becomes like a to-do. Like I, in your podcast, you say it becomes like that mini project if you have a couple of tasks to do underneath it. So maybe I need to call my sister-in-law. Maybe I need to call my best friend. Um, so it gets down to the to-dos when in your in the build phase. And when you're done with that phase, you have either a project plan if it's complex or you have a checklist if it's kind of a sequential thing um, that you want to get done. And probably uh, one of the key things in the build phase is um, 
I break it down into what do you want to do daily, what do you want to do weekly, and what do you want to do monthly? And that's where you look at your project plan, you look at your checklists, you look at those plus one things that you've identified, and are they daily, weekly, or monthly things? Mm -hmm. So on my weekly list would have went to eat salad three times. And I know that it, it sounds like a long process, but if you do all this work up front, when it comes time to actually sit down and do your monthly, weekly, and daily planning, it's a snap. So I put all the, the work in up front so that I can plan monthly, weekly, and daily in just a few minutes because I have these lists that of the things I want to get done on my goals that end up, you know, on my, on my calendar. And so when you do, I, I love the idea of doing that kind of upfront planning. Do you, um, you, you, you said that you do, um, you know, you choose a couple goals to work on for 90 days. Do you have like quarterly times where you go off by yourself somewhere or go into a room, you know, whether it's in your house or somewhere, or go away somewhere to do this upfront work? Yeah, I um, generally I have to say I do it in December. Uh, things slow down for me at work. Um, in the government, we have this phenomenon called use or lose vacation. So at least half the people are gone for half of December. So work really slows down. Uh, and then um, I have some time at home. I usually take off the week between Christmas and New Year. And I do um, a week, I do like an annual postmortem. So I do a, a year in review and that kind of just sets my mind up for, okay, that's how last year went. What do I want to do this year? Uh, and then, um, as you said, I do it quarterly. And as a matter of fact, uh, today was my day to look at the next quarter okay. for the year. So I changed a couple of my goals up, changed my daily, weekly, monthly lists. And then, then the manage part of it in the assess, build, design, manage is um, doing the actual daily planning, weekly planning, and monthly planning because I have to get it on the calendar. I have to set those reminders for myself. And I have to pick um, most important things. Yeah. You know, I can look at this list and, and say, all these lead me to my goals, but today, this is the most important thing I need to get done. And I try to get that done in the morning because I'm a morning person. Well, and you sent me a link ahead of time to a blog post and that where you talk about this process. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and I would encourage anybody who juggles multiple roles and wants to rock in all of them to check out the uh, blog post is at coreenforest.com slash annual goal strategy, all one word. Yeah, and I'll put it, and I'll, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, it walks you through the steps like that. And then as part of that, you can click on a link within the blog post. And I created a companion guide so that as you're reading it, you can see an example in there of following this process all the way through. And it just makes it easier for all those visual people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That sounds like, there. sounds like a great resource. I'll be sure to put that link in the show notes so folks can, can uh, check out that post and the, uh, the guide. So, um, you know, you've obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this and working, putting these systems together for yourself and, and then sharing them with your, your clients. 
what do you, even so, are there any particular challenges that you have as far as staying productive and getting the things done that matter most to you? Or are you just a machine and you just get that stuff done all the time? I mean, we we all have different challenges. Everybody's life's a little different. And I just wonder if there are any particular challenges you have as far as your your own productivity. Absolutely. Um, I face uh, overwhelm all the time. No matter how much you plan, life is messy. Things happen, um, unexpected things, things that you even sort of expect, and then the timing ends up off. Like, for example, in March, uh, I was taking a two-week vacation to go visit my daughter in the UK. My mother-in-law, four days before I left, decided, well, not that she decided then, but she had knee replacement surgery four days before I left. And then four days after I left, my mother had hip replacement surgery. Mm. So here I, I, you know, was just, how can I help? How can I, you know, do all this? I was just overwhelmed with how to handle it all while in the UK. You know, how can I stay in touch, make sure they're okay? And Obviously, I wasn't going to physically be able to be there and help, but I wanted to provide as much support as I could. So life gets messy. So I, I do get overwhelmed. And so how do you deal with that when, when you find yourself feeling that overwhelm? Because a lot of us struggle with that, I think. Yeah. Um, I am a full full proponent of your extending grace to yourself mm-hmm. motto. <laughs> so I, I definitely do that. I I understand that I'm a morning person. And if I am really overwhelmed when I get home from work and I'm exhausted because it's been a long day and that's not the night to write my blog post, even though it's on my calendar, I extend a little grace to myself mm. and uh, um, take it easy that night and knowing that I'll come back refreshed in the morning yeah, and, and hit those goals again. So, so in, in managing all these sorts of things, I mean, you've, you've described what sounds like a, a really good system that, and a tool that you've developed for yourself in terms of planning um, on the sort of day to day level. Are there any particular tools that you like or resources you recommend for, for managing your time and, and those sorts of things? I mean, you know, whether it's calendars or to-do list apps or, or are you a paper and pen kind of gal? What tools do you use uh, on a daily basis to, to get the, these things managed? I uh, had tech challenges for many years. And um, I know, Laura, you and I actually had uh, talked about it in our mastermind together is um, because I work for the government, I'm um, driven to, you know, certain software on my work computer. So, you know, we have Windows computers and we use Outlook for email and those are absolutely, you know, non-negotiable and I can't add any software to my work computer. So I've really evolved my, my planning around those tools that work. Now, I have to say I've become kind of an Outlook goddess, <laughs> uh, and, and I can make that program hum for me <laughs> um, uh, in the way that I, you know, use email and I can just drag an email to the word tasks at the bottom of my screen and up comes my task, you know, in, within Outlook, Uh 
with that email already populated in it, with the title already in it, I just have to add a due date and click, I'm done. Um, so when I do my weekly planning, it is usually centered around being at work with my computer there because then I can actually, uh, there's a printout you can use within Outlook uh, that's a trifold. So if you picture an eight and a half piece of paper in the landscape mode, the first third of it is my calendar for the day. The middle third of it is my to-do list for the week, you know, but broken out by day, what I have to do each day. And then the right-hand third of it is my calendar for the week. Hmm. So I can carry around that one piece of paper and my notebook, you know, to all my meetings. And then if somebody says, you know, are you free this Thursday? I can look and see if I am just by having that piece of paper with me. Um, and then I can take notes in my notebook. And then when I do my daily planning the next morning, I'll take whatever I took notes on, my action items, so to speak, and they go into my task manager within Outlook. So Outlook really has become um, the tool for me and then using that trifold printout. And, and so that trifold thing, that's that's a feature anybody can do using Outlook, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. It's just a way of printing it out. You go into the print menu, actually, and trifold is one of the options. Nice. That you can do there. So, yeah, it works beautifully for me because I struggled so, so long with how do I meet my personal life, meet my work life when I can't, you know, when I can't use the same system. They don't want my personal stuff on work computer and they don't want my work stuff on my personal computer. Yeah. Um, so I've managed to find a way <laughs> to juggle it for me at least. And I do keep a paper monthly calendar. I cannot let it go. <laughs> I can't just go to an all digital calendar. I need that month at a glance, you know, to know when I'm going to be in the classroom versus the office. So I use a, a big paper calendar still too. And that's okay. I mean, a lot of us, you know, I, a lot of us use a hybrid system of, of uh, you know, digital and paper. I, I've been a, a digital task manager, digital calendar person for quite a long time. But a year or two ago, I started supplementing that, I guess, with a bullet journal. And I am still using that today for my kind of daily r reference. Yeah. And yeah. so there's something about writing it down. For the deep uh, planning that I was talking about earlier, the um, assess, design, build, and manage, I do all that longhand on paper because mm. I have mind maps and I love being able to grab one piece of paper with a mind map on it and merge it into another one and mm. all that. I still do paper. There's something about the way it makes me think differently by writing it out that I can't I can't get from the computer. Well, and, you know, there's science backing that up, too. It's interesting. Even those of us who love our digital tools, there's uh, there it is a different experience to actually write something by hand on a piece of paper. So, yeah. so Corrine, with, with uh, all these systems you have in place, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I still have to ask the question because I ask every guest this question. Uh, you, you have clearly thought about this a lot. You have a lot of, of tools in place, systems in place that work for you. Um, and you are a, a fairly disciplined person following the plan. Nevertheless, 
Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh, yes. It it still happens more often than someone who loves to plan like me even cares to admit. It happens all <laughs> the time. <laughs> um, and I have to say one of the, uh, besides what I said, I extend grace to myself and, and I will look at look at my list and say, you know, I'm supposed to do that tonight and it just ain't going to happen. And one of the things that I've discovered is yoga. Hmm. And um for me, yoga is is part, you know, the stretching and the movement, but part of it's meditation for me. That just, you know, focusing on your movement and your breathing takes me out of my head, helps me get past that overwhelmed feeling. As a matter of fact, now I say when I think I don't have time to do yoga is probably the time I need to do it most. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be a, a huge proponent of of. Even if it's 10 minutes of yeah. stretching and breathing deeply uh, to clear your mind. So um, that is probably my, my number one go-to. Don't hate myself because I'm not doing what I said I would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such an important thing to do. Isn't it interesting how we, uh, especially the people that I think are thinking about these things the most, those who are are really trying to be intentional about uh, the planning and the the you know focusing on the right things can we can be so hard on ourselves when we don't execute the plan the way we think we ought to yeah i um even i after i got back from that two week vacation i was i was overwhelmed just jumping back into my life and trying to play catch up on top of an already busy life and I looked at my yoga studios uh, schedule and I saw that they had candlelight yoga mm-hmm. scheduled and I had never been and I'm like that sounds amazing mm-hmm. I need to go try that and it was just what I needed to get my head back on straight and be able to jump back in. That and I needed some sleep because the jet lag absolutely killed me. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Corinne, what's what's on the horizon for you, either professionally, personally? What's coming up that you're excited about? Um, I'm really excited about uh, the the turn my business has taken. Um, this year I started something called, what I call the Steminista Revolution. Mm-hmm. And a Steminista is a woman with a STEM career that's devoted to rocking it in all areas of her life, a career, a mother, a partner, and even her own self-care. And um, I've been doing a lot of learning. I mean, this isn't where my my education and experience has been. So I've doing, been doing a lot of learning about how to reach that audience. Mm-hmm. So I think if people go to the website, coreenforest.com, um, over the next two months, they're going to see an incredible amount of changes, a, a lot of content put up there, just as I, I'm learning how to do that. You know, I started a, a Facebook group similar to your TPW because I want to build that community mm-hmm. of, you know, women who support each other around this subject. Um so I'm really excited about the things I see coming up with the Steminista revolution. I'm starting a revolution 
<laughs> We're going to get these women through this. Well, I think it's great, I, you know, and I think it's very important because, you know, my husband, as as you might remember, is an engineer. He works for a defense contractor here uh, in the town that we live in. And we, we talk from time to time about the differences that, you know, the the women engineers and the how how few there are of them who, as you, as time progresses. And, um, and so I think it's an important thing that you're doing and it sure sounds like the background that you have suits you ideally for reaching out to those women. And so, uh, you know, I would say to anyone who happens to be listening, and I know there are other women in those STEM careers who listen to the show, um, definitely check out Corrine's website and see what she's got going on there. And I will have links to all of that in the show notes. What, where, um, where's the best place for folks to connect with you online, Corrine, if they want to uh, learn more about what you're doing? Um, probably the website, CoreenForest.com, and then uh, the Facebook group, which, you know, if you search for the word Steminista on Facebook, <laughs> it's the only one that comes up. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. And again, I will make sure to, to put the links for both the website and uh, the Facebook group in the show notes for this episode in case anyone wants to check that out. Uh, this has been so helpful and so interesting to talk with you again, Corrine. Before we go... Do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for some help in getting things done and and making a life that matters? What would you say to her? Um, First, I would say plan your work and work your plan. But I understand some people that isn't their thing. And so I'm going to drop back to my... um, uh, Secondary method of planning, and that is sticky notes. And sometimes if I have a lot to do, I write each individual thing on a sticky note. I stick it either to my desk at work or my desk at home or the kitchen table, depending on what I have to do. And I just pick up a note and I say, I'm going to do this. And it gives me such, oh, what's the word? Satisfaction to actually get that done and crumple up that that piece of paper and throw it away. So for people who are more visual and and the process I talked about sounds too laborious, at least write sticky notes that you can look at and crumple up. <laughs> I tell you, it feels so good. <laughs> I love it. That's that's the, the more tactile uh, analog to uh, crossing things off a list. That's I, I love that. Thank you so yeah. much, Corrine, for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, thank you, Laura. I can't tell you how um, uh, how happy I am to be able to do this. I hope something I've talked about helps the listeners as much as I've gotten out of listening to your podcast almost from the beginning. So thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I am so grateful to Corrine for taking the time 
out of her schedule to talk with me to share her thoughts on how she manages her life for her insights and suggestions and encouragement for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Corrine or for me? Anything that we talked about that you know, spurred some ideas in your own mind. I'd love to hear from you. I know she would as well. As always, you can share your questions, your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 190. Or you can post a comment or question on the Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you're a member there. And if you are a woman who listens to this show, you are welcome to join us in that private Facebook group. Um, just just find look for the Productive Woman Community in Facebook and um, and ask to join. And I'll, I'll be sure to answer the questions that I ask so that I know you're a real person who actually listens to the show. And then I'll be happy to invite you in. I'll, there'll be a link in the show notes for that'll take you to that page as well. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, also, remember, would I'd love to hear whatever questions you have uh, for the Ask Me Anything episode. Email those questions to feedback at theproductivewoman.com or click on a leave a voice message button on either the, the website at theproductivewoman.com or on the Facebook page. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Kareen. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed talking with Kareen. I look forward very much to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.